0: Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent Metastrategy Digital Symposium. The topic was transforming a global IT operating model and the panelists who spoke about the topic were Ash Banerjee, the Global Chief Information Officer of Dentons, and Anil Bhatt, the Global Chief Information Officer of Elevance Health. The gentleman who led the conversation was Metastrategy Vice President and Central Office Lead, Mike Bertha, who joins me now. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Peter. Always great to be here. Well, Mike, I I mentioned that this discussion centered around the topic of transforming a global IT operating model. Why was this uh, an important topic for us to cover now? And why were Ash and Anil good people to personify the topic itself?
1: Pivoting operating models continues to be a top priority for CIOs. It's a major undertaking for any organization as you're fundamentally changing how you work. Everything it takes to go from a defined strategy to a set of targeted results. It's particularly a major undertaking for large global organizations that support multiple business units with resources in many cases spanning multiple geographies. Many of the folks in our ecosystem that sit in the technology leadership domain are either contemplating a pivot to the operating model or actively pursuing it. So we thought this was a very relevant topic. In terms of why this panel, Ashen and Neil represent two of the largest companies in their respective domains. They've gone through major operating model transformations in recent years due to a combination of M&A activity, changing consumer preferences, and just the overall shifting digital landscape. If they can lead change in organizations that are this large with this much complexity, we thought our audience of global tech executives would want to hear their story.
0: Thanks, Mike. Well, let's get into that topic. Again, it's transforming a global IT operating model featuring Ash Banerjee of Denton's, Anil Bhatt of Elevance Health with Metastrategy's own Mike Bertha.
1: Thank you, Peter. And welcome, Anil and Ash. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So as Peter mentioned, the topic for our discussion today is transforming global IT operating models. We like to think of an operating model of all of the things that take you from a strategy to results. That includes the roles and responsibilities people play and the processes you follow to plan, deliver and measure value. I'm gonna start with you, Anil Bhatt. You are the global CIO of Elevance Health, the $137 billion health insurance carrier, which many might know what his former name is as Anthem. As we've spoken in the past and we talked about your IT operating model evolution, You mentioned that it started with one that initially focused on enabling the business. Over time, that shifted to modernizing the tech stack, and most recently, it focused on customer experience. Some of the metrics that I've found uh, very remarkable are you've been able to achieve 70% of your interactions with your members through digital channels. And you've had upwards of 12 million registrations on your app. Sydney, what were some of the biggest challenges you encountered as you transitioned your operating model to one that's focused on customer experience?
2: Awesome, great. First of all, thanks for having me here. Uh, great to be uh, with on the panel with Ash. Um, you know, and look forward to a great conversation. So, I think uh, you know, as you mentioned, traditionally uh, the focus has been how does technology enable some of the business priorities, and how do we make sure that we are really focused on. Um, you know, not only the security, data, and, and technical enablement of the key capabilities. What we found out was that we needed to broaden the overall strategy around what we wanted to do out here at Elevance Health, uh, formerly Anthem. And um, as we looked at it, uh, one of the things that became very uh, clear is that the expectations from our members and the people we serve have changed. And as they get used to Netflix's and um, you know uh, Amazon and uh, you know Instagram experience they do want to make sure they connect with us in a different way. So a few years back, we kind of started that um, process of making sure that we strategize around how do we become a uh, more consumer-centric and a member-centric organization, uh, focus our efforts to make sure we are understanding and and delivering uh, key capabilities, which are really personalized to the members that we serve. And with that, obviously, we started our strategy and made sure that we have a digital strategy uh, which is more experience-led, which is more human-centered, design-based, and technology is an enab- enabler. And as we did that, you know, uh, to the point that you made, the biggest challenges that we faced was, uh, you know, anything that you do, which is not um, exactly the way the business expects is a disruption. And disruption is not welcomed very easily within the organization. And you always have challenges to make sure that you are able to articulate the benefits and the end state that you're trying to drive out there. Um, you know, and, and in recent years, when we uh, were maturing our practice, you know, a change like pandemic, which came in, obviously, kind of uh, pushed uh, more digital. But at the same time, the hesitancy around driving too much change to the system was was always there. But the the approach at Alwan's Health has been to make sure that uh, we identify the outcomes and basically are aligned. Uh, towards the incentives that the outcome is going to cost. So as long as the incentives are aligned to everybody who is a stakeholder in a particular capability or what we are trying to drive, you tend to make more progress. So I think the challenges were overcome with that philosophy. And you know, in this case, I'll say that, for example, when we did some digital adoption and, and digital capabilities build out for a provider segment, uh, the ability to take care of uh, patients and make sure that um you know the there are better plans around the revenue cycles was key for providers and we wanted that too so making sure that we develop our capabilities that really take care of finding the care uh making sure that we have a virtual care option and and we have a digital prior auth out there was very aligned to what our providers also wanted so making sure that the outcomes are aligned to the to the incentives is very very important and Uh, At Advanced Health, and and I'm sure at a lot of places, technology, uh, frankly, is a cornerstone of strategy that we lead with. Basically, what what we wanted to do was making sure that the legacy way of reliance on technology is not how our uh, stakeholders and business partners think about us. You know, a very platform center approach, which basically allows us to create different capabilities and plug and play as we need was very, very important. Um, we kind of moved from a project-based um, development of capabilities a more product-based development of capabilities. And as our platform was standing up, we started plugging in these capabilities one by one. And that kind of reduced the, the change fatigue that basically a business operations team always goes through. So as you are giving them capabilities, you are releasing more and more in an incremental cycle, but they are already used to the platform that they're using. So that basically, um, you know, reduces the challenges that you face usually uh, from from a business uh, uh, team. And then making sure that, you know, in this, in in the case of Sydney member, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned out there, as we are touching 12 million uh, registrations, we basically heard our customer's voice. We want to make sure that the voice of the customer is paramount and we centered every capability around what we are hearing when they are calling us how do we listen to the calls and make sure that they know they could have done a particular task uh, online so how do we make sure that we build that and we build that with a member centric view out there and really taking care of their journey as a whole and making sure that every part of the journey, whether it's finding care, whether it's looking at the benefits, whether it's making payments, what are the key capabilities that really resonate well with them? What are the things that members are calling us about? What are they coming to the website about or to the app about? And making sure that we are building those with a very human-centered design uh, thinking. And then, As the usage increased out there, we saw the benefits on making sure that our calls are decreasing, our customers are more satisfied, and that's how the 70% digital transactions, uh, you know, we have achieved. And as we move forward, frankly, we are looking at bending the curve a little bit more and not only um, using our digital channel on the web and app, but also advancing how our call center technologies work and how we are pushing more uh, towards live chat and probably AI chat. Wherein we are seeing that some of the basic questions can be answered very straightforwardly. So I think you know uh, personalization, human centered design, uh, making sure that the incentives on the other side are aligned are the key things that basically are the challenges which can work towards the, to to the benefit of yours if you make sure that all those are uh, taken care of upfront.
1: That, that's very interesting, and you're know, touching on a lot of the the key points we hear. Voice of the customer, as you mentioned, front and center, aligning on outcomes. A lot of companies shifting to that product orientation that you mentioned as well uh, ash i'm gonna i'm gonna go over to you and by way of introduction a little bit so everyone knows you're the global cio of dentons which is the largest law firm in the world also you've served as the cio and coo and another global law firm in your past hogan and lavelle's at dentons you have over 200 offices in 80 plus countries and in 2021 alone You completed seven business combinations and opened two new offices, so a lot going on, to to say the least. I was wondering if you could start off by sharing some of your guiding principles around your operating model in that complex environment and how you structure your IT organization to accommodate those various needs.
3: Yeah, thanks, uh, Michael, and um, thanks for having me here. And uh, I also look forward to the conversation. It was very interesting to hear, know. So a little bit of context then about Dentons. Um, You know, it's it's the largest law firm that nobody's ever heard of, uh, kind of kind of thing, Um, with twenty thousand people in two hundred offices in eighty countries. Uh, Interestingly, the firm has grown from thirty five hundred people ten years ago, so it's been you know significant growth. Um, the, the firm, when it was set up, set up about 10 years ago, was, um, was kind of designed around scale and integration and innovation. So it's called these three strategic pillars. And growth has been driven through this robust MA activity, that seemed, as you mentioned, Michael. And um, we call them combinations. They're not acquisitions, they're called combinations. Uh, the firm is structured as a Varine, much like the big four, the Deloitte, you know, the EY, it's kind of structured in a very similar way. Uh, and these combinations, as they join the Varine, Retain their profitability. They retain their independence and their autonomy, uh, and they retain um, their structure. And that has allowed us to be what we call—we're very proud of this notion of being polycentric. We don't have a headquarters. Uh, you know, I'm based in Washington, D.C. None of my team are based in Washington, D.C. So we, we're we literally remote everywhere, um, and uh, and we're you know literally literally global. So since 2013. 40 new Varine members joined the firm. Uh, each member has retained its IT team, has retained it's retained the structure, its systems, uh, and those that are, and some of which are mandated by the firm by Dentons. So the integration process um, started with consolidating some of our key functions. So we've also, you know, in good terms of our strategy, in terms of growth, and there's integration. So we started to think about how we integrate as we've got this very autonomous set of businesses. Uh, And we've got a transformation program that's taking place um, in terms of transforming how we perform our finance function, transforming how we perform our talent management uh, and um, uh, bringing on the right kind of talent in our organizations and meet client demands as well as our own functional issues, as well as our risk and compliance. So we're starting that journey, right? So we've got this growth strategy and we've got an integration strategy, both of which um, are kind of uh, progressing in parallel. Um, As you can imagine, going through this kind of growth, uh, the technology function has evolved. It hasn't developed the way that you know you would expect it to evolve so it's to develop. You know, if you were to build it from scratch. So it has evolved. It's made up of technology functions in each of the different brand members, the 40 different brand members, each with their own IT organizations, and a central team which we call the global team. The way we've structured it in terms of roles and responsibilities is the central team. Is responsible for integrating new Verian members in the combinations, and you know, as as you mentioned, there are seven, um, you know, just in the past year alone. And we've got a whole pipeline um, uh, <laughs> that are around around the corner, uh, and and that integration is a light integration. It's focused on email and come to a common common domain. It's focused on baseline security requirements, um, the data exchange standards, you know, between the new firm and the and the and the global firm um and having done so many of them now it's kind of highly templatized process you know we kind of follow this strict procedure it's kind of because it's basically like a machine so that's kind of one element of what the global team does another element is um as we've combined we found that it is easier to combine with we shift people to the cloud so the firm has become an early adopter of cloud technologies in uh, versus law firms we now have the largest uh, cloud footprint so of any law firm in the world, uh, mainly driven by these combinations. So we have a team that looks entirely after our cloud strategy and our cloud first strategy. We've adopted that strategy um, and provides standards and provides architecture. Um, we have a team that provides collaboration technologies so that when these firms join, our lawyers provide a seamless way of communicating with our clients, increasingly global clients, uh, as our footprint has grown. And of course, security is really important. So we have a unified security team uh, as part of the central team. And, we, and uh, finally, uh, not only in supporting the transformation projects that I talked about before, but we also try to take advantage of our scale through commercial services by globalizing as many contracts as possible and taking advantage of our scale. So those are the things that we do today. That is our current structure today. a Small team, decentralized organization around it. Um, as security has become paramount, and particularly for our clients, uh, because you know we hold very sensitive information on behalf of on behalf of the clients of the firm. Um, and as uh, cloud has become increasingly adopted across the firm, uh, uh, we have realized um, that the mix, this mix of local and global technology responsibilities has become unwieldy and has become problematic. And so we propose transforming the technology function, um and uh, we're in the we've got a strategic direction and we're in the kind of option analysis phase right now to kind of figure you know to figure out which direction we want to we, we want to head in unifying the transport the technology function so that kind of broad hopefully <laughs> quite quite a long answer to your simple question
1: ash very very interesting and i always find uh, the way professional services organizations work especially global ones that are the largest in their industry are, are structured, so very detailed and interesting response. And Neil, I'm, I'm going to come back to you. And as, as I've learned more and more about your organization at Alavance, um, I'm struck by the, the mix of traditional IT services, um, coupled and mixed with some of the product-centric organizations, as you you mentioned earlier, and noting that there is a an onshore and offshore Uh, mix uh, across many geographies. Um, As you made that transition towards the the digital operating model focused on customer experience, what role did culture play in that transformation? And how did you maintain a strong culture across the various archetypes that we mentioned?
2: Sure. So I think uh, I'm going to answer this question in two parts. One, basically, Um, the refreshed expectations of business from a technology organization, and then uh, how are we making sure that our talent, uh, which is spread across uh, different geolocations, is, is, you know, culturally aligned and making sure that we are all rowing the boat in the same direction. Um, You know, as you know, Elevance Health, um, while we, we are a $130 billion company, but we have 100,000 associates um, in the States, and then we have additional 20 to 30,000 associates across the different parts of the globe. And that includes not only our operational talent and sales and marketing and others, but also technology talent, which is really spread across. Um, in terms of making sure that first, what we did was over the last few years is that we wanna make sure that uh, our my organization's goals are aligned to the business strategy and business goals. So uh, once that happens, um, you know, the work we have done over the last few years in terms of making sure that our platform-based uh, digital-first technology-led ecosystem enables a, a what I call a provider-consumer to a subscriber operating model. So basically, we are, we are building capabilities, we are consuming capabilities, and people are subscribing to different capabilities from the business units. And again, as I said, there are different business units with different varied needs out there, and you need to make sure that you are able to provide them what what is really relevant to them at at any particular point of time. So you do not want to overwhelm them with different capabilities. So we want to make sure this platform-based operating model allowed us to do that. And with that, um, you know, there's an offering of um, you know, decision making whether we are going to build something, we are going to buy something, we're going to borrow something, or we're going to let AI or bots take take over and make sure that they do the uh, the rest of the work. So I think a very very key strategic partnership, which allowed us to make sure that we can have these, what I call different types of um, product and IT technolo- you know, uh, talent coming together to deliver uh, to the capabilities that we have. So my organization, while we, we I'm the global CIO, is just not technologists. It's basically product, technical product team members, plus the engineers working together to make sure that we are satisfying the need of the business. Now, what it allows me to do is basically We can build products at different places within, you know, and different geolocations within, uh, you know, the world. So we have teams in um, India, we have teams in Ireland, we have teams in Israel, and obviously in, in states. And in states also, we have offices in different locations, wherein we talk about a product, we want to make sure that, uh, we have a good product manager who basically understands and realizes the needs of the business and then making sure the engineering teams, they are co-located or nearly co-located. And that's how the product and capabilities are being built. Now, as we did that, we, you know, while uh, we made sure that we were efficient, we were quick, we were agile in terms of delivering these capabilities, but uh, there is definitely... Uh, as we saw with COVID, as we had to send a lot of people back home and you know, locations were not where they were, we, we had to take care of uh, technical challenges of shifting these uh, resources from different locations to remote setting, making sure that what they were doing was secure, making sure that they had uh, all the tools and technology to do the work. And it was not just for technologists, it's basically for call center associates, for clinicians that we have, making sure that as we are shifting them to remote settings we are making sure that the enterprise and the data within the enterprise is secure, you know, that is one of the key things that we want to make sure that we are protecting out there. And L1's health is is really, really very geared to make sure that we are trying to do that Um, and then basically um, as as the reduced, uh, you know, people were not coming to the office. We did see that people were spending more time at work and the work home life balance was going for a toss So what did we do to make sure that we are really looking at that and making sure that the global, um, you know, talent that we have is, is really aligned, but at the same time taking care of themselves. So, you know, we basically made sure that we looked at our associates and and basically saw from a human experience design perspective, what are the needs of our associates? If our associates are doing well, that's how they can produce great outcomes that our members can feel out there. So whether it was increased PTOs and holidays, whether it's fostering a team culture or cultural activities, you know, if it allows in person or in remote, making sure that we have mental health days, making sure that we have no meeting days where nobody is allowed to have a meeting, they're going to focus on the work that they have in front of them and can execute on the task without any disruption from anybody else. Uh, Highlighting associate accomplishments and celebrating the work that they're doing in a more proactive way. Um, Offering flexibility out there from a people balance and then basically family life and work balance perspective. Um, So you know, those are the things that were not just done in the States. These, these were things that we were doing in India, Bangalore, our facility in Hyderabad, Philippines, Israel, or Ireland. So making sure that we kind of stay ahead and make sure that, you know, again, the incentives that we are giving to our associates line up with the, the overall organization goals was very, very important. And then making sure that, you know, we are looking at, um, you know, uh, the the great rejection the resignation uh, that we are going through right now and we want to make sure we learn from that and kind of create more hybrid workspaces making sure that you know earning a paycheck is no longer limited to a particular location and and basically acknowledge that the possibilities for people to do different things has has increased and we want to make sure that we create a talent without borders uh, kind of approach wherein the the product technology engineering talent is together to make sure they produce some great, great great outcomes, and and frankly making sure that we are taking care of the people first and and then making sure that we expect outcomes from them. So I think those are few of the things that we have done, and and definitely uh, seeing great results out there.
1: I, I love the voice of the customer lens applied to the employees. So a lot of people say, you can't transform a customer
2: experience without transforming the employee experience at the same time. You know what? I think I'll I'll speak to a couple of things over there. Basically, while we were doing a transformation which was focused on our members, actually we had two big transformations going on which were focused on our our employees and our associates. Whether it's the, 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 the implementation that we did of a big platform, providing them more mobile capabilities that they could log in from anywhere, look at a lot of things on on the mobile app, like Sydney Health, we have a Pulse app, which basically they use. Uh, As you take care of uh, your associates and as you give them capabilities, frankly, it does turn around the way they look at the company and how we are invested in them.
1: Interesting, very interesting. Um, Ash, I'm gonna come back to you. uh, At the end of your first, Answer. you talked about teeing up the the transformation that you're working on under this evolving uh, IT operating model, uh, as you said, and many executives on the call right now are either contemplating their transformation or in the throes of it right now. Um, Maybe if you could talk a little bit about how you've gone about selling this transformation to the evolved operating model and what advice would you give to those other global technology executives contemplating that shift themselves?
3: We're, we're looking to become more efficient you know, in how we provide services to the firm by unifying the technology function. Um, and of course, that means a shift in accountability from uh, local IT organizations to a firm-wide unified IT team delivering local services. Explaining this is highly complicated, and it means a change of structure. It means how it's, the organization is funded and uh, how it's governed, how prioritization protocols are implemented, and how that that, that um, you know, melds together firm-wide transformational priorities versus the regional and local priorities. Um, we're all providing legal services, so this, you know, we don't have different products and services across the firm. So that makes it easier to sell the idea. We. You know, we can't really explain to lawyers the technical complexity of of this environment, you know, because we are this is a, we are a law firm, and the leadership of the firm are lawyers, and because it is difficult to explain the complexity that has resulted from the M and A approach that the firm has taken, uh, even though that's been proven to be incredibly successful from a commercial and financial perspective uh, for for um, all the members of the firm. So the, the approach I took was going to describe, probably describe the value proposition through their lens, through the lens of clients, our competitors, to the management of risk um, and on the basis of efficiency. What I did was with respect to clients, for instance, I explained that as we have grown, we've developed a global footprint and we are, we are therefore able to service the needs of our global clients better than most of our competitors. We have talent that our clients need wherever they are present, if they're global. We analyze cross-region revenues from our global clients and you know, analyze their compliance demands. And you know, we, we, as I said, we hold very sensitive information on behalf of our clients um, and they, uh, they audit us quite, off, quite often. Um, we have uh, third-party auditors you know, who audit our um, uh, compliance to all kinds of rules across across uh, the world. So we analyze our cross-region revenues in our global clients. We analyze compliance with key demands and we showed how we better complied with um, the global standards and the specific client demands and how making these changes will make it easier for our lawyers and our partners to be able to do business with our clients um, that we will be able to provide consistent service from where we did wherever we did the work um, basically taking a kind of perspective of a client in a perspective so a joined up technology organization where um, enable us to make all this happen. So that was kind of one uh, important. From a competitive point of view, we also did a kind of a, quite a, as best as we could, an analysis of our competition, to see you know where our competition is focusing their attention, um, and uh, and kind of identify where uh, gaps might be in terms of in terms of you know what our capabilities are versus our in our competition. And now this um, th- this strategy would kind of help us uh, help the firm and our lawyers, particularly our partners leapfrog our peers to be able to provide better seamless services to our clients, to provide you know advanced technologies and automation and artificial intelligence um, that we can apply to um, the work that the lawyers do with their clients, you know, rather than focused on uh, the plumbing, which has become really complicated uh, right now. Um, and then thirdly, um, uh, cost. Of course, you know, we the purpose of much of the purpose of doing this is to become a lot more efficient. Uh, so we did a quite a detailed um, business case uh, cost projections, uh, comparing um various strategies with uh, in terms of you know, moving towards a unified organization, which of course you got various paths to get to it, uh, versus staying as is. Uh, so do, doing those two, we could see, you know, we could we could demonstrate how uh shifting would result in greater efficiencies and would result in the better improvement of services uh to our lawyers. Um uh, and therefore, to our clients, uh, and, and therefore, you know, getting gaining greater value from uh, continuing investment within technology. So those are kind of things that we uh, used. As I said, we are in the middle of option analysis in terms of how to how to deliver it. So um, uh, we'll see how these uh, you know how, how these kind of evolve. Um, you know, as we as we uh, continue on our journey. Yeah, I think
1: orienting the transformation around business outcomes that everyone can agree with and using external and competitive analysis, never a a bad idea in in selling the transformation. And Neil and Ash, I I really wanna thank you for joining us today. It has been a,
3: a great conversation.